0: We've been talking about the kingdom of God and we've been talking about the principles of that kingdom as as introduced through Jesus. And one of the things that I love about the kingdom of God is is not just the the, the principles or the way it's established, but it's the reality of the blessings that come from being a part of that kingdom. There's blessings that come to us from being a part of the kingdom of God. There's absolutely uh, things, there's benefits, there's, there's, there's blessings that we experience. And so as I was thinking of of those blessings it it got me to a different place. You know, those blessings typically uh, we can define pretty clearly. Like, you know, we've got power, we've got promise, we've got protection, we've got love, we've got joy, you know, we've got provision, all these things that, that we kind of equate with the blessings of God. But God brought me to a story in the old Testament where I think he's talking about some kingdom blessings that maybe we don't always see, or we don't always Discover. One in particular, at times I think we say is a kingdom curse, but it's it's truly a kingdom kingdom blessing. And so I want to look at that story today, and it's going to be in the Old Testament. So before I get there, again, there's a little bit of teaching this morning, more than preaching, as we get started. But but the reality is in the Old Testament the names. So when someone had a kid, like my wife and I, you know, we say we say blessings. So I have a scripture on here um, about blessings. It says children. If I can find it on my notes, it says, children are a heritage from the Lord, offering a reward from him like arrows in the hand of a warrior, our children born in one's use. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend their opponents in court. Anyway, the blessings we have kids are our blessings, right? I mean, parents will say that. Parents will say that right now. Now, in a few hours, you may not count them as blessings. There were a few times this week, uh, Friday night, I was not counting my child as a blessing. Um, but those moments happen. But the reality is children are absolutely blessings from the Lord. And and there's a story that we have in the Old Testament, the story we're going to look at, that, that follows the pattern of the Old Testament. See, their names meant something then. So when they had a kid, they didn't just look at them and say, that, what name looks the best? Like, which one sounds the best with my last name? You know, my wife and I, when we're picking our kids' names out, we're just thinking for the one that sounds good, the ones we like. There wasn't really a lot of family things. There wasn't a lot of... Meaning behind them, it wasn't looking up definition for one that means this or one that means that. It was, hey, I like the name Levi, let's call our kid Levi. I like the name Elliot, let's call our kid Elliot. I mean, it was those kind of things. It wasn't like this. But in the Old Testament, it's interesting when it comes to names. Names meant something. Names defined something. Names were important to people. And so we're going to look at a story, and this story we're going to get to his children. I want to tell his story first, because he's got a lot of story. That comes before his children come. But when he talks about his children, I believe he summarizes his story. I believe he begins to show us some pretty profound kingdom blessings in his life. Blessings that I'm convinced many in this room probably need as well. Genesis, um, you know, what will be about chapter 40, but, but Genesis... Uh, his story starts in, I think, chapter 37. The man named Joseph. Many of us have heard Joseph's story. Joseph was the younger brother, but it says in Scripture his dad loved him more than his brothers. Don't get that first point up there yet. Joseph uh, was the youngest, you know, and, and his story goes recall, he has a dream. His brothers get upset with him because they think that. He thinks he's better than them. Uh, He's probably a little arrogant when he shares his dream. It's my interpretation of it. But Joseph has this dream, shares it with his brothers. And then we start getting into his life story. So I want to tell you Joseph's story according to, to the book of Genesis. So Joseph had a lot of things that happened in his life. First, he was mistreated because he ran his mouth. I think this first one is probably a product of his attitude. It says, His brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, so they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Now you can pull that up, Irene. They hated him so much that that they decided to betray him. If you recall the story, remember? They're going to throw him in a pit, let him die. Tell Dad that some animal ate him. That's their plan. He was betrayed. It says, so when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the richly ornamented robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty and there was no water in it. So imagine what Joseph is feeling. I I, I think sometimes we read stories in Scripture and we don't really think about how it feels to be that person. What's going on in Joseph's life? He's been mistreated by his brothers. They hate him. They hate him so much that they're willing to betray him by putting him in, in, in a cistern. Now, one of them, I believe it was Reuben, has a little bit of compassion on his brother, and he says, we can't just kill him, let him die, let him starve in this cistern. So what are we going to do? What, what was his decision for his brother? I mean, here is, here is how merciful Reuben was. Let's sell him. I've, I've never been in that point. But can you imagine what it's like to hear someone put a price on your life. How humiliating that moment has to be to stand in front of your brothers as the Midianite traders are going by. So he was mistreated. He was betrayed. He had to be humiliated. And not only was he humiliated once, but the Scripture tells us, so when the Midian merchants came by, his brothers pulled up, uh, they pulled him up by the sister and they sold him for 20 shekels of, sil- uh, of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain uh, of, of Pharaoh's guard. So so not only was was he humiliated, but he was humiliated twice. Like, I have to be sold twice. This is Joseph's story. So in being sold and and moved to to, to Egypt, he's now living in a foreign land. Nothing's what it was. If you've never done it, sometimes it's hard to live away from home. Especially when you don't want to be where you are, doing what you're doing. Especially when you've been mistreated, betrayed, and humiliated on the way there. So he was forced to live away from home. While he's living away from home, his life story gets even more complicated. If you recall, he's serving Potiphar, but Potiphar's wife thinks he's a cutie pie. That's Pastor Steve's version. She makes a proposition to him that he doesn't receive. And he takes off, and what does he leave behind? His cloak. She grabs him by the cloak, and he leaves his cloak behind. And so what does Potiphar do, Or or his wife? She begins to falsely accuse him. Not only was he falsely accused, but he was he was imprisoned. This is when his master heard the story of his wife told him saying, "This is how your slave treated me." He burned with anger joseph 's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king 's prisoners were forgot were, were confined so joseph 's life i mean here we go exciting encouraging sunday morning i 'm telling you joseph 's life for a reason. Stick with me through this joseph 's life was defined at this point by being by being betrayed, by being uh, mistreated, by being humiliated, by by being forced to live away from home, by being falsely accused and in prison for something he didn't do. And now he's in prison, if you remember the story. What happens when he's in prison? A couple guys have some dreams. It's a baker and a cupbearer. Joseph interprets their dreams. and, And they come true. The baker dies. The cupbearer gets set free. And what is... What does Joseph say to the cupbearer? Don't forget me. It says, the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. And then it says in the next chapter, when two years had fully passed. I want you to think about Joseph in this moment. I don't know about you, but that would have been two years to plan my revenge. I mean, I'd have had two years to figure out how I was going to make this all right. I had a lot of time by myself to recount the words my brothers spoke to me. I had a lot of time by myself to, to remember their faces as they threw me in that cistern. I would have a lot of time to remember when they were bartering the price for my life with traitors, and they were selling me not once but twice. And I could remember that stinking woman that made that, that told that lie, that, that put me in prison. And that doggone cupbearer. He's out living it up, man. But Joseph's story didn't stop. After two years, I want to get to Joseph's kids, but before I can get to that, you've got to see what happened in Joseph's life. Genesis chapter 41. Pharaoh said to Joseph, because he was brought out of prison to interpret his dream, and because he could interpret Pharaoh's dream, Pharaoh brought him up out of prison. He said, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command, and people shouted before him, make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. I mean, something crazy is happening in Joseph's life. And we'll get to what that crazy is when he tells us his story through his children. But suddenly he's gone from being imprisoned and forgotten, betrayed, humiliated, and and mistreated to becoming someone who was the second in command in all of Egypt. Some verses that I left out because they had some names I didn't want to pronounce this morning. It says that he got a wife. What did he do? In verse 48, Joseph collected all the food produced in those seven years of abundance in Egypt and stored it in the cities. In each city, he put the food grown up in the fields surrounding it. Joseph stored up huge quantities of grain like the sand of the sea. It was so much that he stopped keeping records because it was beyond measure. Look at what happened in Joseph's life. He's now the second in command in Egypt. He got more than he knows what to do with, more than he can count. His blessings are greater than the fingers and toes on his body. He just can't keep track of it anymore. The Abacus got reset. It's not working anymore. The Abacus or whatever you want to call it. It's not working anymore. We got rebooted or something. We need an apple. This morning I want to preach on these next three verses. Because there's something in these words that I believe we all need. I'm going to pray before I read them. God, I thank you for this story this day. I thank you for our time that we're spending looking at your word. And I pray that as we continue to dig into your word, God, that you would bring forth your truth. That God, as we look at the word of God, that you would begin to illuminate before us the things that that we need to know. God, if there's a blessing in this that I need for me, help me to discover it this day. In Jesus' name. In verse 50, it says, before the years of famine came. I said he was a blessed man. Two sons were born to Joseph by Asenath, the daughter daughter of Potiphar, priest of On. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh. Now remember, I said there's something to names. There's something to your name. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, It's because God has made me forget all my trouble in all my father's household. The second son he named Ephraim and said, It is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. You know, I spent a long time going through a story to get to a place where Joseph is saying, My blessings, Joseph's blessing, When he had his first two kids, he said, I want them to tell the story of forgetfulness, and I want them to tell the story of fruitfulness. I want them to tell the story of how God made me to forget, and I want them to tell the story of how God made me fruitful. What was Manasseh? What was that blessing all about? It was about the mistreating. It was about the betraying. It was about the humiliation. It was about living away from home. It was about the false accusations. It was about the imprisonment. It was about about the, 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 the forgottenness, being forgotten. How did he get through those moments? He only made it through because God made him forget. I want to tell you, I believe as a pastor, there's a blessing to forget. Now, we know the rest of the story. We know that Joseph recognizes his family, so he doesn't like, forget his identity completely. He doesn't forget who they are. It's not that he can't recognize them. But the reality is that God made him to forget. What did he forget? He forgot the hurts. He forgot the offenses. He forgot the problems. He forgot the words. He forgot the way it made him feel. He forgot the things that it caused him to think or the emotions that ran with inside him. It, it didn't cause him to forget who they were, but to forget what they, were, what they had done. Why? Because if he couldn't forget, he's still probably in a prison cell planning their demise. He's too focused on his problem to hear that he can interpret a dream. He's too focused on, on what's going on that when the cupbearer and the baker are talking about their crazy dreams, he just says, shut up and go back to sleep. I got real problems. You can't figure out what you're dreaming about. i got to tell you my story. Let me tell you what happened to me. I'm telling you, we need the blessing to forget And because he had the blessing to forget, because God caused him to forget, he named his second son Ephraim. Why does it say that that he named him Ephraim? Because God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my suffering. You see, without Manasseh, I don't think we get... Ephraim, just as much as as Manasseh, I associate with the problems that happened early, the the accusations, the offenses that we've talked about. Ephraim is the promise that he was second in charge in Egypt. Ephraim was the promise that he was given a wife. Ephraim was the promise that he was blessed with two sons. Ephraim was the promise that he would have enough. How much? How much? It wasn't just enough for today, but it was enough for tomorrow. You know, in my notes, I wanted to make sure I said it right. How incredible is it that because of Manasseh, the blessing to forget, and because of Ephraim, the blessing to be fruitful? Joseph was able to redeem the ones who hurt him. Because of God's providence in his life, because of the blessing, the ability, because God caused him to get over it, because God caused him to forget, he was able to be made fruitful in a land so that when the famine came that that, that Pharaoh's dream was about, Joseph was ready. And when his brothers were hungry and he recognized them, he could take care of them, he could provide for them, he could bring them to the place of his suffering. me, that's the epitome of Romans chapter 8. He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him and who have been called according to His purpose. All things. From His silly dream in the beginning to his brother sewing him in a cistern, to a woman making a false accusation, to a random dream in a prison cell. All things God works together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. Man, I don't know. I don't know what this means today. I don't know what your journey has been to this moment. I don't know what's happened Along the way, I don't know if you've been betrayed, mistreated. I don't know if you've been falsely accused or even imprisoned. Maybe you've been forgotten. I don't know what's caused you to be where you're at. I don't know the mean things people have said to you, maybe from a pulpit or maybe from from, from a pew. But but what I know is that God, he can give you the blessing to forget. Philippians chapter 3, not that I've obtained all this Sometimes you have to forget to be able to move forward. Sometimes you have to forget so you can strain ahead. John 16, I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. Verse 21, a woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come, but when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into this world. Do you see the beauty of that moment? That's Manasseh and Ephraim all in one. She forgets the anguish, the pain, because of the joy. That's the fruitfulness of this moment. So with you now is your time of grief, but I will see you again. And you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. Someone probably needs to underline that this morning. No one will take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you receive. You will receive and your joy will be complete. You know, the promise isn't that we won't be hurt in this life. The promise isn't that in your faith journey, there won't be moments of discouragement. The promise isn't, I mean, think of what Jesus said. In this world, it'll be wonderful. In this world, everything will go exactly as you expect. Everyone will like you. Everything will be good. You'll get a new car tomorrow. What did Jesus say? In this world, you will have trials. It's not always going to be great. There's going to be offenses. Listen, we're dealing with people. Pastors are people too. So there may be a time as a pastor, I hurt you. Parents are people too. There may be a time your parents hurt you or your siblings or your friends. That's the reality of life. Life isn't always going to be fair. So what do we do with that child of God when life isn't fair? When something happens that we weren't expecting, do we sit in our cell for two years and plan on how to get people back? Man, I talked to enough people to know some people are going to be getting people back and some people are going to be cursing themselves. If I just would have shut up about that stupid dream, none of this would have ever happened. I never would have been here. My brothers wouldn't have cared. My dad still loved me, so he still would have busted me anyway. It's my fault. Isaiah 54 4. I don't even know if this is in my notes because I don't see it here Yeah. Do not be afraid. You will not suffer shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget. Listen to this promise. This is Isaiah 54.4 if someone wants to look at it. You will forget the shame of your youth. And remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. I want to say that again, at the end of that verse. You will forget. This is a promise in Scripture. Don't be afraid. You will not suffer shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. Do not forget the shame of your youth. And remember the reproach of your widowhood. Or remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. You know, it doesn't say that you will forget your youth completely and you won't remember what it was like to be a widow, but it says that you'll forget the shame. And, reproach. and I think that that's what we need. We need to stop remembering the whole. You see, remembering, really, when you think about that word. The opposite of forget is to remember. What does remember really mean? Re is the prefix. Remember. To return to a previous condition. The word Re, that's what that prefix means. To return to a previous position. And the word member means one of a group that belongs, a part of the body. So I'm putting myself, remembering really, for some of us, is putting ourselves right back in that exact same situation. Why? Because we won't let ourselves forget. And I'm afraid that if we never let ourselves forget that we never get our Ephraim. That we limit that fruitfulness that God desires. You guys can come forward this morning. Guys, let me disclaimer this while they're coming up here. Forgetting isn't always okay. My wife and I've had some pretty good arguments in the last couple weeks because my forgetter is working better than it used to. So don't, don't claim a Manasseh blessing every time you forget something. That's not going to be good. Okay? I'm just disclaimer that. Pastor told me it's a blessing to forget, baby. You're blessed. That's not going to turn out well. Ephraim is not coming. I will promise you that. But I will say this. There's absolutely some that we need the blessing to forget. There's some that that potentially because of what's happened, Because of the journey that you've been on. Because of the trials and tribulations that you've faced. The words and the accusations that have been made. You've allowed yourself to be controlled by that offense. You've allowed your story to be written by what someone else did to you. rather than what Jesus Christ did for you. I'm going to say that again. You've allowed your story to be written by someone what someone else did to you, rather than what Jesus Christ did for you. You know, we don't change what happened. But we change the control that it has in our lives. And I believe that God has a blessing. I believe this is an absolute blessing from God. To forget. Because I believe in myself. There are things that I cannot forget. There are hurts. There are words that have, that have been spoken to me. There are actions that have been taken in my life. That I absolutely cannot forget. But. The grace of God. But. The power of of him I think Joseph when he has his first son he's looking back at each moment and saying wow God you made me forget wow you made me forget all along the way each time god it was it was you you made me to forget And because of your grace, because of your blessings in my life, I can now hold my son. I think all the other blessings I talked about, second in command, and, and all the, the the stuff that he couldn't, couldn't count, the wife, he, he, he had his, his son, his firstborn son in his arms. I bet he wanted to shout Ephraim. Because this was the fruitfulness. But he remembered Manasseh. God has made me to forget. Father, I pray this morning, across this room, God, the the places that people can identify with Joseph's story, maybe where their story looks different, but they recognize the, the struggles, the trials, the tribulations. And God, I pray that that if there's anyone in this room, if there's anyone, God, who's struggling with letting go, if there's anyone who's struggling with, with the offense and the hurt and the reproach and the shame and, and all those things that came up in this moment, God, I pray for a Manasseh blessing upon their life. I pray, God, that you would begin to give them the blessing To forget that the next time someone says that name, their heart doesn't jump. The the hair on the back of their neck doesn't stand up. God, I pray that the next time they go in that door, that they can walk in with their head held high. Not afraid or ashamed. God, I pray that blessing. The blessing to forget. And God, I pray that as we begin to live in the blessing to forget that those that are waiting for that Ephraim, that fruitfulness in the place that they are, God, I pray for Ephraim upon their lives. God, I ask that that the blessing that God would make them fruitful in the midst of their moment, that God would make them fruitful where they are, that they could see the fulfillment of Romans chapter 8, where it said that you worked everything together, all these moments that came together for good. God, help us to receive your blessings. Help us to receive, God, what you've done for us. It's in Jesus' name, as Walton and Carrie lead us in a chorus, I'll, I'll open the altars again. I guess the same rules will apply. Although I did realize I can't get text messages because I'm using my phone right now, so I'll get them later and pray, I promise. But if this word is speaking into this morning, if this word is, is resonating with your heart and you need someone to agree with you, I want the opportunity to agree with you as your pastor. If you say, I need a moment with God, I just need to be in his presence so, so the Holy Spirit, the counselor, the advocate that he sent can minister to me, that, that opportunity is now. Because I believe we need the blessing to forget. And we need the blessing of fruitfulness. Amen? God has a blessing for you. God has a blessing He desires for you to receive. Receive His blessings and live in it because I believe that God wants to use your moments, your trials, to make fruitfulness that can become redemption for others. Amen? The Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, May He tr- turn His face toward you and grant you His peace. And may you receive the blessings of fruitfulness and the blessings of forgetfulness. Amen? Be blessed.